And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric Flaherty. Is on the air now. Welcome back to Seven Fifty-Five is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for the Athletic. With my co-host, Eric O'Flaherty. And uh, we got a really special guest today, Eric. Yeah. We are honored to have award-winning actor and super Braves fan. A fan of all sports of Atlanta, but I know I've I've known him for years as a Braves fan. Michael Kelly. Michael, welcome to the uh to the little podcast here. Thank you, man. Thank you. It's an honor to be here too. Really Our do. operation's not as slick as what you're used to uh, in TV, <laughs> TV and the big screen, but we try to get by here. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was pretty. It's pretty tight. I got to tell you, man. I'm, I'm impressed. With it. I'm impressed with it. <laughs> so let's get started by you telling telling us where you were when the Braves won this thing, because I know you have waited years and years and went through all the years of rebuilding i mean you were a big brace fan growing up i should tell people uh, michael grew up in lawrenceville right here in suburban atlanta went to brookwood high which is the rival of frenchy jeff francoeur's parkview high so he went through the, the trials and tribulations uh and also grew up with the 90s teams right that was yeah. when you were just yeah. getting old enough to to know baseball yeah yeah you know and that 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 was fun but nothing like this was because right you know in the last eight, 10 years, I've become really invested in, in the Braves, like knowing the minor league system, like just really following kids on their way up, making the team. And now you get to see right uh, what's happening with those kids that you were following, you know, almost a decade ago. And, and it's just that, that's, that's the best part. And then I have a nine-year-old boy who plays uh-huh. baseball and a 12-year-old girl, and they're both diehard Braves fans, which is really cool too, even though they've only lived in New York. Um, but I was actually in the, uh, in, in the other room right here. We were, I went, I flew with, well, the whole, all four of us flew down for game four, but only my, my brother, my son, my son and I went with my dad and my brother and my dad and my brother. And I text every single game. Like if, if I'm no, in cool. Budapest working, like we, they're giving me updates, you know, like it's, yeah. it, it's really cool. Uh, so I, we got to go three generations of, of just That's die, cool. diehard Braves fans sitting there for game. What I thought was the most epic game of the series. I was going to say, you got to see game four, the win. And that, that place was insane. Wasn't that it? Come from behind win was just it, yeah. seeing my son. Like that was, that was everything, man. Um, but then Solar, we came back. Dansby. Yeah. Yeah. And then we came back. Uh, here back to New York and we were watching it. My daughter went to bed and my son stayed up and he, he nodded out around the eighth because he's, he, he's, he's young. <laughs> yeah. he, he was fighting it so hard, but I woke him up for the, I woke him up for the whole night. Um, I was like, you, buddy, wake up, wake up. We're, this is looking good, man. <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. any Atlanta fan. I'm like, 
Not over yet, but <laughs> yeah, you got to wake them up. You don't want to not this. see this again. This might yeah. be that you know it could be twenty years before you get that chance to watch yeah. it again. That's got to be tough, man, for having when you have kids that are under ten years old and these games start so late and they go almost four hours. A lot of them go over four hours yeah. with all the relief pitching and all the pitching changes. So you're ending after midnight a lot of yeah. nights. So, so my wife stayed up with us and. Uh, Right with two outs, I FaceTime my dad and my brother, and we're like all just like, oh my god, oh my god! <laughs> Everybody's just jumping up and down, going crazy in the house, and they were freaking out. It was uh, you'll never, my son will never forget that. He'll never forget going to the yeah. game. He'll never forget that. I'll, that I'll, I'll never forget it. How how cool is that? Being a uh, hardcore Braves fan through the whole and sticking with them through the whole rebuild and all that, and then living in you know New York. And having to hear, I'm sure, all the shit about the Yankees oh. all the time and all that. And now your team is a world champions. You walk around with that hat on and people oh. like, respect, man. Feels good, dude. We did it. <laughs> and you're not on the bandwagon. You're like, this, yeah. this is no, not a new hat. That's the cool thing. Yeah. That's the cool thing. Yep. Yeah, all they have cool. to do is go back and watch it. Was it, was it Criminal Intent? Which one of the shows was it where you wore a Braves cap in like every episode? It was uh, It was, It was. was Criminal Mind. Uh, was it called? It was called Gonna, <laughs> You've been at so many of those shows, you forget yeah. the exact name. <laughs> well, it wasn't Law and Order. It was. It was the right. one that we. It, the one I was telling you about before, Eric. That it was a spinoff of. I think you said Criminal Minds. Yeah, Criminal Minds. And uh, and I had said, yeah, I want to make my guy like into into baseball. And I said, I really want to wear uh, a Braves hat. And they were like, Nah, man. Major League Baseball is never <laughs> going to clear it. There's no yeah. way. And I was like, Go to the Braves. They might clear it because they know me. And they're like, they're never going to clear it. And they never got back to me, so I didn't wore it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we never got sued, so that was yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know you would have to do that to clear it, just to wear it on a in a movie or on a show. But I oh, guess yeah. they have to clear everything, yeah. huh? Yeah, wow. you remember the whole story with uh, Ben Affleck, who's a diehard uh, Red Sox fan? Right, right. That's right. He had to wear a Yankees cap for that, right? He had to wear a Yankees cap, and he was like, no. Not <laughs> in one of those movies, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Like, absolutely not. Well, I'm sure once they saw you wearing it, they're like, well, yeah, why would we care? This is great pub. Yeah. <laughs> but you didn't you wear it like at least at some point in every episode you wore the yeah. cap? Yeah. That's pretty to, cool. I tried to get in everyone. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. so when did you uh when did you believe this year? That I mean, because we talked about it all year, you know, when this team was under 500 or right at 500, but we always knew that the talent was there to be not just good, but to make a run in the playoffs with Charlie. I always said because they had Charlie Morton, Freed, and Ian Anderson. Right. And, it, yeah. and at the time, you know, for a while was their best pitcher. So you thought right. they're going to have three, four starting pitchers. They can go deep. Yeah. But we had a hard time convincing people of that when they're sticking under 500, and especially after they lost to Cunha. When did you really believe, though, in this team that they had a, that they could do some damage in the postseason? I, I think it was I, when they went on that winning streak. What was it like eight and, eight in a row or something? Nine, they had a nine and zero uh, road uh, road trip, nine and zero, and a sixteen and two run. And then they faced yeah. they then they then they came off of that and had to face the Yankees. But they but they right. they played some good ball against the Yankees. And the, yeah. you know the Yankees are the Yankees. Uh, any, any given day, any team's going to win. And yeah. like, we could have won though. And I was like, that's yeah. when I was like, shit, this, these guys might, <laughs> might just yeah. have it. like, you know, that run made me feel a lot better because it was, that was, that was tough. Like I'll admit 
just prior to when, when Acuna went down, I was like, yeah, at the trade deadline, I was like, man, I think, you know, you get a lot from Morton right now. Somebody's really going to want him. I was kind of like, I was leaning towards, you know what? We'll destroy next year. If you, if you cash in a couple chips right now, um, I'm glad I was, I was, I was not on the, on the board. <laughs> you were <laughs> not alone. In, you, you weren't alone in that. In urging them him. to sell. I knew they weren't going to sell because of a business. And this is a bottom line team with uh, Liberty media and it didn't make any business sense because they were drawn so well. They had a second highest attendance. Yeah. So they couldn't just wave a white flag in July when they were drawn like that. So I knew, I didn't think they were going to, I thought when they lost to Cunha, it was over as far as their playoff chances, you know, thought they can maybe win the division because nobody else is running away with it, but they're going to get beat in the first round. Right. But I knew they weren't going to sell. I knew Alex was not going to wave the white flag and sell. So, but when he made that Jock Peterson trade, we're kind of like, nah, you know, okay, they're at least fun now. They got a guy that's been in the postseason. That's cool. Uh, who knows? Nobody's running away with this thing. And once you get into postseason, anything could happen, but I still didn't believe in them, you know, right. as far as having a good chance. Uh, but when they were, like you said, when they went on that run though, and they kind of took hold, yeah. took charge of the, uh, division because the division was just so mediocre. You thought, well, if they can get in the postseason and get everybody healthy, get right. Enoa back, get Ian back, then with that the was, starting pitching they have, they got a chance. That was even before Solaire came back. Yeah. Right? Oh, I, I, I wasn't expecting anything at the trade deadline when they got Solaire and Rosario, I thought yeah. Duvall could come in and help him a lot, but the other two guys yeah. were like, yeah, so what? You know, Rosario's hurt. He isn't doing anything in Cleveland. And Soler's yeah. hitting under 200. So I wasn't expecting much from that. Yeah. I, you know, it's, uh, they, they surpassed all expectations. I mean, yeah. I mean, those, those you want to see him hold on to at least one of those guys, uh, Rosario or Soler. It'd be nice. Soler would be a great fit with the DH. He'd be a great fit. Yeah. Oh, like, I think perfect. Rosario might have, might have, Got himself. I think he played good, himself yeah. out of Atlanta. Maybe a three-year, 24, 25, $28 million yeah. contract. I don't know if they'll do like a three-year deal, which he, he might be able to get. But Solaire makes so much sense with the DH coming, man. Yeah, yeah. Because you and know it's a great coming. fit in the clubhouse. I mean. That was kind of cool too, right? Watching the World Series being like, this is probably it. This is probably the last time like that we'll see pitchers have to have to do that. You know? yeah. yeah, Max Fried might be the last pitcher and to Lance, win a uh, to win a Silver Slugger award. He, he might oh, actually hit cool. again, though. Like, there's a good chance he could hit again. <laughs> that, as a pinch hitter, there's no doubt yeah. he'll be used at some totally. point. Totally, yeah. I love that he won. That my my son this morning is like, oh my god, Fried won the Silver Slugger. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so your kids are into it. Oh yeah, it's cool that you got kids that are that. Yeah. And now, yeah, and now they, do they wear Braves shit? Are they Braves fans in New York? Every day. Oh, you raised them right, man. Every, that's cool. Like that's, that's he, cool. They didn't succumb to peer pressure in New York. No, man. He is. He is. He's dire. If he doesn't stay up and watch the game, first thing he does every morning is watch the, the nine minute condensed game, like every day. And then really? he'll sit there after school, and he'll do uh, probably like eight more condensed games. He'll take. Uh-huh. A, He's got he's this is crazy. He takes stacks of of his baseball cards and he makes two teams and he'll no lay way. them up on the coffee table and then he picks one up and he's standing there and he does every player's stance and in his head oh, that's he plays awesome. the full game and he runs across the house and he slides and he that's oh, he's awesome. Like, okay, you know, time out, time out. How did you get him into it? 
<laughs> Eric's I, kid doesn't even play. <laughs> my kid won't even. I mean, they've watched 30 seconds and they're like, this is, you know, they want to run around outside. I'll tell you, I, my, my, funny enough, my wife is, a, is, a, I, I was a runner. She's a real athlete. She played softball. She, she's a badass and she's a yoga, she's a, a yoga instructor and a um, personal trainer. And she taught him how to throw. And he's, for nine years, I was at, I was last week, I was at, um, at his flag football practice. And one of the coaches was like, I've never seen, I've seen a nine-year-old who can throw fast, but I've never seen a nine-year-old who throws from the exact same spot. Every per, like perfect delivery, every single Repeats time. Repeats his delivery. Like, wow. wow. It's so cool. It's like, we're lucky. Like, yes! we're lucky. That's cool. <laughs> so I think the key he, is to raise them in, you raise them in Manhattan or Manhattan. Manhattan, yeah. So they can't go out. His his kids are in Washington State, so they can go out and run around. Your kids can't go out and run around. The no, now they can. Look at this, man. We just. Oh, look at that! Oh, oh, I'm, picturing a, I'm picturing a condo, a tower, and you show. No, me we that. just moved. We just. Where moved are you? To Bedford, New York, which is like an hour north. Ah, I got gotcha. you. Three acres. That's that's the backyard. Nice. The front yard is a full on baseball field, like as big as. <laughs> nice. So, oh, and he That's wants to cool. throw every day before school. He's like, you want to throw? Every day after school. You want to throw? Yeah. And you do it. Every day. Every day. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Every day he asks, I do it. Anytime he asks. And I never, we never have to push him because he just, he lives, he literally lives for it. Like, it's What crazy. age did that start? As soon as he started the game. So I guess like two, two years ago. Two and a half okay, years. so like, so we got hope six. over here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just six. doing it. How old are yours? Six and three. Yeah, yeah. So they're kind of like, just yeah. like whatever with baseball right now. But my my six year old has a cannon, but he'll do it. He'll play catch for two minutes, and then he's like, "Let's do something else." Or I'll put a ball on a tee. He'll just walk up, crush it across the street to the neighbor's house, and then walk away. I'm like, man. <laughs> If I could ever get you into this, you got a shot, buddy. But he just—he's got so many other things he wants to do. No, you will. He will. Like that's if, he, especially if he's good, right? Like if, it, if I feel like when a kid has a talent, they are more inclined to absolutely, to, yeah, for sure, to, to fall into it. So, yeah. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Michael, so you were born in Philly, but you moved to uh, Lawrenceville real early. Well, I moved to close to there, and then we moved for uh, like when I was one, we moved to Georgia. Yeah, then okay. we moved to Texas, and then the summer before my fifth grade year, we moved 
uh, to Lawrenceville. My folks are still in the same house that I grew up in. Um, really? So they live yeah. near uh, near the uh, Cool Ray Field. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 not far at all. They're like right where Lilburn, Snellville, and Lawrenceville all meet. So right. like a little that cluster right there. Terry Pendleton lives right up there. Uh, does he? Oh yeah, yeah. He lives right down the street from Brookwood High School. Not far at all. Oh, that's that's literally I can I could you know you could walk there. It's probably like a mile now. Yeah, yeah. TPP probably don't want me telling people where he lives, but it's, <laughs> it's a gated community. You can't get to his house. Coming to find um, you. <laughs> He used to Terry when he was on the coaching staff. Uh, Terry Terry rides rides Harleys, and I rode with him a lot of times. But he was so cool. He had this huge trailer, so every year at spring training, his buddies also rode. So like three of his buddies would go down to spring training at the beginning before the before uh, they really got heavily into the workouts, and they'd go down for like a week with him, and they'd take the trailer with like six bikes in it. And Terry would take my motorcycle down for me to spring training every year. Oh, and I'd just go pick it up at his rental house and I'd have my bike for all spring training in Florida. Yeah, it was nice. awesome. So when, so when Terry left the coaching staff, I was like, fuck man, he didn't get to go to spring training anymore. Oh, <laughs> I know and it, it can't get it down there otherwise. So, I mean, that was the, one of the highlights of spring training for me was being able to ride to some, it was, but anyway, TP's a great dude. Yeah. Great yeah, dude. He is. He, he sure seems like it. He's still in the organization, still working with the kids. So, what do you but, think? Uh, what do you think the odds are of Washington sticking around? I think it's good. 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 I think Oakland is the only place. Yeah. That he might that might hire him, but I think uh, Mark Kotze, I think is a real good big candidate there. Um, I also heard Walt Weiss's name mentioned along with Washes for that job, but I think Kotze, they know him. He's been on their staff. Yeah, played there. You know, he's on their staff. Easy, easy transition. You know, he's he's because he's been, he's been a third base coach there. And I I don't want to lose any of that. That staff is no. yeah, Eric yeah. yeah, like that. They're just man. they're perfect. We've talked about them. Eric uh, and I've talked about I don't that. Lose anybody? <laughs> yeah, Walt and yeah. Walt and Wash. Everybody yeah. talks about Wash because he's so visible. You know, his third right. base coach and doing his infield drills and all. But Walt Weiss has been a huge. Uh, uh, asset for Snit as a bench coach, you yeah. know, as a guy who's played, as a guy who's managed, yeah, and, and helps Snit a lot. And Snit delegates so much and, and relies on those guys so much. So yeah, you see, either it. one of them would be a big loss. Yeah, you Wash see would it. be huge. I just yeah, I hope not for for you know for 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 the kids too, like seeing Washington and like you said those drills and stuff. Like I I yeah. feel like that oh yeah goes far and it yeah yeah that's a that's not just here you're learning better mechanics with me. You're going over your mechanics and getting better. That is like the familiar aspect of it. The, the, um, that, that community thing that just makes those guys just tighter and that bond stronger. Yeah. Those that, that infield between Wash's tutelage and Freddie's example. Now you've got all four of those guys playing every day. You don't see that on any no. other team. No. They don't take yep. days off. They play 160 games unless they're hurt. And to the so, greatest level, like, they are playing. They are that. That's that infield's unbelievable, man. Yeah, three of them won Silver Slugger awards, and Dansby hit twenty-seven home runs, and he didn't win one because he got you know <laughs> he got Trey Turner and Tatis and Sager at his position. So, but yeah, yeah it was an unbelievable infield. Yeah, and defensively, they're as good as any in in the majors. That's yeah. so much fun to watch. And I, as one of these young pitchers, Ian Anderson and Max Reed, those guys coming just to know that's behind you. How much yeah. more? And Eric, you could attest to this, how much more confidence that must give you as a pitcher to be like, that's all right, hit it. 
Go ahead. Well, I had, I had Simba at shortstop, Andrelton Simmons. So it was That's like, right. you know, I just yeah. need them to hit it anywhere on the left side and it's an out. You know? I mean, it, it, <laughs> it definitely gives you confidence to just chuck it in there and let your defense work when you got a squad like that behind you. Yeah. Yeah. He was, that was fun to watch him too, man. He was, yeah. Anderson years. That was, what did we get for him? We didn't get a lot for him, did we? Andrelton? It was a, free, it was a trade. No. It was a terrible trade. It was the worst trade copy made, probably. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He traded him to the Angels. They got the infielder. That copy said, we're not really going to lose that much defensively. <laughs> oh, Ibar. <laughs> Ibar. Eric Ibar, yeah. who's wow. most famous for getting a chicken bone stuck in his throat during his right. Atlanta. <laughs> that, that's the mo- that's the, what he's most famous for during his Atlanta Atlanta tenure. It's getting chick- hey. Having to be taken to the hospital with a chicken hey. bone. The best defensive shortstop of our of a generation for Eric Ibar. Wow. And a pitcher who never did anything for the Braves. But I feel like you got a lot of teams now. They got Nuke in that one though, didn't they? Yeah, they got Nuke. Yeah, they got the Nuke. Okay. He, he's Two pitchers. Still, that was the worst trade he ever made because yeah. Simba still was the best shortstop in baseball for another five, six years. Yeah. Yeah. He finally didn't win a gold glove this year. Probably should have, but he was hurt. So insane. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, on the other hand, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have pursued Dansby if they'd have kept Simba and Dansby. Right. That's what I was thinking. So yeah. Yeah. Things work out. You know, at the time I just thought you gotta be kidding me. You're trading Andrelton Simmons. Yeah. Cause he had just started to hit some too, you know, when he traded. And you think like, Okay, well, at least if you trade away something like that, you're gonna get you're gonna get a haul. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not the same anymore, you know. I mean, prospects are. When I was coming up and early in my career, prospects were just like you know maybe they work out, but now prospects are like the golden currency. Teams draft saw like the and prospects, draft picks, prospects. They saw yeah. the Teixeira deal. We made a deal. We traded Adam Jones um, and four other good players for Eric Bedard. And Adam Jones went on to have this amazing career. But there's been so many trades like that where teams have kind of gotten burnt. I think a lot of GMs are really afraid to give up those premium prospects now. And I'm polar opposite. I'm like, man, give me a big leaguer. Because you see so many prospects come up and struggle. But yeah. it's 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 totally different now. Yeah. yeah you, you don't see many trades like the Dodgers did this year to get Scherzer and Trey Turner. Nope. You just no. don't see many give up multiple top prospects. And it's usually the teams that can afford to replace yeah. them with free agents. Yeah. Right. Teams with the big payrolls will trade all their prospects because they can fill those holes with money. That's where I feel you got to give Antopolis all so much credit. Yeah. Oh my God. At, he hasn't traded a top prospect yet. He still hasn't traded a top prospect. Yeah. It's insane. And it's insane. It's I don't know good. how he's done it. We keep saying, I've been saying that for three years. He's right. got to eventually <laughs> trade one. He has still not, the closest he's done was uh, the lefty that he traded to the Rangers. He really was, eh, you know. The the lefty from California, I've already forgot his name. What was dude, what was his name? The little lefty. Curveball. Starts with an A. Um Yeah. I can't even think. We can't we can't even think of that. We'll we'll edit this out. For? We'll edit this out. <laughs> Who was it trade for? I don't know. Allard, was it Allard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kobe, Kobe Allard. Kobe, Kobe, Allard. Allard. Kobe yeah. Allard. Yeah. But that I mean that one and uh you know, you know, Bryce was was Bryce Wilson was, you know, he wasn't really a prospect anymore. They traded him right. this year to Philly. Uh, it's usually guys that were prospects and are on the downside or French yeah. prospects, you know, but he hasn't traded like a legit top 15 prospect on his way up. Yeah. Not one. And people Not always one. want him to, people were talking about trading Riley earlier this year. I know. It's oh like, my no God. Chance. Can you believe it? Yeah. Yeah. 
and then go see him do this for another team, you just be like, <laughs> oh, oh my god. Nobody wants to feel that. Oh my god. And that's why you don't do it because right. you might you might lose a couple of guys might lose their value and you go, Oh, you really screwed up not trading Kyle Wright when you could have, or not trading Pache when you could have. But then with Riley, what if you'd have traded him? He goes somewhere else. This is a guy that if he has seasons like he did this year, he's going to be yeah. a perennial all-star. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's going to get MVP, MVP votes. He's going to be a top 10 MVP guy this year. That's pretty You cool. know? Yeah, at 24. So, yeah. But uh, I think – I was wondering – We're going to see it this offseason, I think. I don't think he's – With between Pache, Drew Waters – Contreras, because you got Langoliers. Contreras, right. you're going to trade at least one of those guys, I think, this offseason. Wow. I wanted to ask. Hey, um, go ahead, Eric. Oh, oh, I wanted to ask you because, you know, we talk about prospects on here all the time, but just to kind of, did you, are you ever around people that can just act their ass off, but when the bright lights come on? I was going to bring time, that up too. I, I want to know this. I wanted to trade, it, I wanted to compare stage yeah, fright what sure. we've talked about performance anxiety yeah. to the guys who are really good in triple a and come up and are never quite as good when they get to the big leagues or aren't clutch hitters or, or can't pitch yeah. in, the, in the bright on the postseason stage you know well, you, when it's like when it's rolling can you I've go i've certainly seen people that i know that are really good uh actors because you've seen their work before and this happened especially with house of cards because it was it was a very quiet set. I mean, we had a lot of fun when they said cut and all that yep. kind of, but it was a very, David Fincher really laid it out. Like this was just like, you went to work and you worked and yep. we had fun when there was time to have fun, but it was really like, you showed up with your A game. You, you did not know your lines. You, you just, you went to work and you worked hard. And it was a very intimidating set to walk onto. And most of the time uh-huh. we had actors who would come from Broadway and they would shoot, they could only do Mondays, you know, they would film all day Monday and they'd get their stuff done and then they'd go back to the, to their show. Uh-huh. Um, but sometimes you would get younger people or you would even get experienced people who were, you know, they're good actors. They're not getting a job on House of Cards unless you were good, but they would get there and it would just be like, oh, shit, this is, really, <laughs> <laughs> this is intimidating. Yeah. And yeah. A, a good example was the... Um, my, my friend Jeremy, who played that FBI agent, who ended up being an, all the way through to the very end with, with me. Uh, we had all that stuff together. And when he first came, and, and I tell this story, he, he, I'm not talking shop behind his back. He, I've said this publicly before, but he came and he was just like, uh, you know, it was a walk and talk. Mm-hmm. He walked those long hallways and you got full camera crew pulling you down the hallway. And he was having a tough time just getting the words out, let alone yep. acting. And I was like, and on a, one of our walk backs, I could see he was having a hard time. And I was like, hey, buddy, man, I'm here for you. And just say the words. That these are the coolest fucking people you're ever going to meet. They're the nicest people you're ever going to meet. Don't be intimidated. Just say the words, walk and talk, and talk to me. That's all you got to do. And he did it. And he just nailed it. And I was like, yeah, there you go. That's the guy that I know that we hired. And then he ended up being in season wow. after season after season as a recurring role. Um, but you see it, man. I, you know, God knows one of the early episodes of the Sopranos. That I did. Yeah. <laughs> I will yeah. never, ever forget that. I might've told you the story, Eric. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Dave, I might've told you the story, but I, I don't remember, but I, I went on and 
my manager was like, you know, I, I think we, we were we were done guest starring on shows uh, at that point. And he said, I think it's the Sopranos, man. I think you should go in for it. So I, I went in. I get the job. He said it might be recurring, but they always tell you that. They're like, it's yeah. one episode, but it might recur. So that's how they go in. Right. And so I go in and, and um, I'll never forget this. It was me and Gandolfini, my FBI partner, and uh, uh, Christopher, the character, uh, Michael Pierliola. Yeah, yeah. Four of us sitting at a table. Oh, they are shit. talking, talking, talking. At the, the red checker tablecloth, right? And they're talking, yeah. talking this whole scene. They talk for two freaking minutes. And Michael Imperioli's character turns to me. He's like, hey, so what do you do? And I was like, <laughs> and I just deadpan, I have to say, actually, <laughs> a little more of our time trying to interdict the financial networks to fund the terror cells worldwide. I couldn't, for the life of me, get that line out. I'll never forget it now. But for the life of me, I was just like, oh, my God, it's a soprano. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> and I, so I've done it. And, yeah. Yep. And, uh, and the script supervisor, after, like, take 10, they're like, now they're just doing my covers. They've got all their stuff 10 times to, to Sunday. They're, like, just doing mine. And I'm spitting it out. I don't get it right. And the script supervisor comes over, and she's like, do you want me to just write it down and put it right on the plate in front of you? And I was like, no, no. No, no, I got it. <laughs> Don't humiliate me. Let me, I let me do this again, right. And she walks over and hands me the piece of paper and sets it down. She's like, camera can't see below here. And she said in front of me, I never looked at it. And I said it perfect without it. It's just like, it was wow. just a mental thing. I was like, and Gandolfini was so like one of the kindest men I've ever worked with. He was yeah. like, he's like, this is, dude, you're great. This is Sopranos. We got all the money in the world. We will sit here. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's awesome. I heard he's a, I heard he was a great guy. Oh, so, so kind and generous, man. I, I remember when I, when I wrapped that show, um, I ended up doing the last two seasons. I think I did six or seven episodes of it. And they emailed me. We're like, what's your address? Gandolfini wants to send a little something to everybody for a, a rap gift. And I was like, oh, sure. And I gave him my dress and I get this watch in the mail. And I was like, holy shit. I mean, it's a beautiful cobalt diving watch. And I flipped wow. it over and it said Sopranos and it had the years and it said RIP JG. And I was oh, like, man. you figure if I got one, everybody, every, I mean, yeah. hundreds of people. Yeah. If I got, uh, and then I found out later that he gave them to the entire crew. Every single person that worked on Sopranos got one of those watches. Wow. So damn. Cool. What was the movie he did? The last movie he did? I just finally saw it like a few months ago. It was it was a small movie, but it was really good. It was like a he was a broken down uh, ran an amusement park uh, uh, on, the, on the yeah, yeah. on yeah. the on the, uh, on the shore in Jersey in the winter. Starts with an off God, it was, real it was, or, um, it was a good movie, man. Yeah. He he was yeah. such a good actor. The thought of not seeing that guy on screen again is just so so sad. You know, what, what were you just shocked when you heard that he had died? Yes and no. I mean, you know, it wasn't a picture of health by any means. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, big he, dude. But he's only like fifty some, right? Yeah, 52 yeah. I mean, I was, I was certainly taken aback by it, um, just just because he was such yeah. a good dude. But he had, he had a good time, man. He lived a yeah. really very fulfilled. <laughs> like, he's a he big liked, dude, wasn't he? Yeah, he's a big dude. He, he loved his food. He loved his party. He loved his yeah. drink. And yeah. you know. It, it, yeah, I'm sure it's more than that. They thought he probably had a heart problem on top right, of it. all right. that stuff. I'm sure it didn't right. help. He didn't get cheated. No, 
He was in Italy. He was doing exactly what he wanted to be doing. <laughs> that's cool. That's a that's a way to do it. Yeah. Show will live, that show will live forever, man. Forever, man. Like that's that was classic, classic first early, early. Like wow, you gotta yep. see this kind of that. To me, that and the wire are the two that stand uh, out above all that. Like just yep. no, nothing's matched them since. Totally. As far as long running and acting, directing, the writing was just yeah. man. It never failed the whole show. The whole no. run. Right. No. Uh, what? Hey, did you did you ever talk to little Steven on that while you were filming? I talked to him, but just hey, what's going yeah, on? You know, right. like I, I didn't I didn't get to pick his brain or anything. He was he, he's he's very much like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's his yeah. persona, isn't it? Whether I mean, he's playing guitar, acting, he's the same guy. You know who was exactly the same guy though was freaking uh, what's his name who plays Polly Walnuts. Oh yeah, Polly Walnuts. He's great. So that dude shows up. This is my first day. This is so funny. You know, he always wore the tracksuit. You know, white. Suit. Yeah, yeah. So he gets out of his car, doing the whole like. Acting exactly like you see him on television, <laughs> and he gets and he goes into his trailer, and I was like, "Oh my god, that is awesome!" They, they, his costume is so great. I say to my FBI partner, and he's like, "Dude, watch this. We're hanging outside. Five minutes later, dude comes bouncing out in a different tracksuit." <laughs> so he came to work. He wore that. It was just a different color. <laughs> he wears the Adidas tracksuit all the time, man. That's, that's badass. Man. Uh, no, did you see the prequel? The prequel movie was pretty good. Now his character was great. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty cool to see all those guys really young and how they develop. I, I thought they did a pretty good job. I was like prequel to the Sopranos, but they did a pretty good job with it. And that's his son, right? Who played him? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like Ice Cube's son playing him. Yep, like in the Cube. movie. And he yeah. looks just like him, man. Yeah. There's yeah. a show now on, uh, I think it's Hulu. It's pretty good called Swagger. And what it is, is Kevin Durant produced it. And it's supposed to be KD coming up in the uh, in the AAU type, uh, those teams, you know, uh -huh. with, the, uh, with the payments and all that. And Ice Cube's son plays a coach, a coach that's like uh, on the take and all this stuff and that. And he looks like, now he's a little older. He looks exactly like Ice Cube did wow. 20 he years ago. just like him. Yeah. Wow. The show's pretty yeah, good. Cool, called man. Swagger. Yeah, basketball. They got like legit players playing the parts and characters. That's cool. Yeah. I, I like to see that. Guys, let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up the show. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Oh, you went to you went to Coastal Carolina, right? Tommy Lastello's school? I did. I did. I went to Coastal Carolina. That, that's where I uh, fell in acting. Man, I went there on a cross-country scholarship. One of the yeah, few, I didn't know that you went there on a scholarship. I ran across yeah. country in high school too. I didn't like one of the there. few uh, regional schools. You know, I right. probably had like five or six offers to basically uh-huh. be in-state tuition plus some offer something. It wasn't like some full ride or anything, but I was. Right. It was the only way I could really go to college and and not take out a massive loan. So I did it, and I, I was I I was on the team until I got a theater scholarship. I just fell in acting, and then I ended up getting a scholarship. And I quit running the second. No shit. I, I wouldn't have thought Coastal Carolina had, would have the great <laughs> acting program. But, but people say the same thing about Kansas, though. When I tell them some of the people that went to KU, they're like, they got acting there? Yeah. 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 I was the first person to graduate from Coastal with a performing arts degree. The first, the literally first person to, to, to get the degree. They finished it for me in my fifth year. Uh, they finished designing Dang. the program so that I could graduate with it. Crazy. And, and that's right. What, in Conway, right next to Myrtle Beach? Yeah. Yep. I we, we your first year as an athlete you had to live on campus, 12, uh-huh. 12 miles inland. And then years two through five, summers included, I was I was at the beach. I've heard Myrtle Beach like, is amazing. The best. That's like what's that what's that like going to college at a place where everybody goes to spring break? Spring break. <laughs> it, it's like a constant spring break. It's just <laughs> it was it was tough to uh you know we most of us were disciplined enough to make it our, that was our summer, you know, like you, you wait tables and then you go out after that and you're out yeah. all night and you go surfing in the day and then you just start it all over again for the summer. Yeah. And then when school comes around, you know, theater keeps you really uh, running, obviously all those miles. That was, that kept me disciplined, but then theater kept me just as disciplined as the, um, as, as the running did. Cause you got to work so damn hard, like memorize. Yeah. By the way, uh, if you, I, I had to, because I mentioned KU and I didn't want anybody to think, yeah, right, KU acting. I'm serious. Mandy Patankin went to KU. No kidding. Paul Rudd went to KU. Sexy. Don Johnson went. Don Johnson went to KU. How about that? <laughs> Don Johnson went to Kansas, man. <laughs> I, I'm a firm believer of like either you can do it or you right. can't. Right. Like, it doesn't matter yeah. where you go to school. Yeah, if you could do it or you can't. I have a lot of active friends who completely disagree with me. And I, and I do believe there is a different thing with the English, uh, you know, what they're doing in the UK and their education is, is a little bit different. But for most actors in the U.S., you know, I, I got friends who went to Juilliard and I have right. friends who went to Coastal Carolina. And right. That's the way you either got it or you don't. That's the same thing, I'm sure, in sports, because we see guys yeah. from uh, – what uh, um, Jacob Webb went to Tabor College in Kansas. I mean, if you could do it, you could do it. But mm-hmm. like writing, there's some great journalism schools, right? I mean, they're head and shoulders above the others. But you can write or you can't write. I mean, they can help you with the little stuff. Mostly, it's they know you can help you get a job because it's the, connection. inter- the connections. Right. But as far as being able to do it, 
no, they can't, they can't teach you to do oh. it. I mean, one of the best writers I knew uh, down at the Sun Sentinel was a studied at Tufts in Russian studies was his major. Russian studies never never did a journalism class. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like. But uh, so when when did you start? Um, when when you when you first you had your first big role was it in movies or in in TV? I mean, what was your first like kind of big role? I guess the first role? one that paid me money like that I made a good living on was a, a TV show called uh, Level Nine. It was on UPN, um, which uh-huh. is the network no longer exists. But um, and I did one. I shot the pilot and we got picked up and I did one full season of it. And then it, that was, that was it. I made a nice chunk of money for, for a dude who wasn't even, I wasn't even 30 yet, uh-huh. but I was late twenties. Like, I mean, I, I moved to New York right out of college and I just grinded man, bike messenger, yeah. waiting tables, did everything. And I would get a commercial, you know, uh-huh. which would give you a nice chunk of money, sort of help you out for the year. And then I'd get another commercial and then I finally got an agent. But I, I'd say that that was sort of the thing that, that gave me some, some money and allowed me to, I could have quit doing odd jobs after that because that's yeah. plenty of money to last me until I got my next one. But I didn't know that at the time. So I just went back, back to working my odd jobs. But um, yeah, that, that was probably my first big payday. Um, which at the time for a single dude, it was plenty yeah. of roommates. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were good. Um, but, but then, you know, you got to want it, don't you? To be an actor, to start out when you're starting out, you got to really believe in yourself to, to I, I tell put up with all that shit. All the time, tables. I say it all the time. I'm like, if you don't want it more than anything, Everybody. you don't want it more than yeah. anything. Don't even waste your time because you just get told no over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And it's the ones who can, you, you have to be good and then you got to be able to stick it out. And then you got to get lucky and then you got to get lucky again. And then you got to get lucky probably like two more times before yeah. you can have a, a full on working career. Yeah. Um, I still, every time I, I'm done with a job, I'm like, is this it? You know, yeah. That's <laughs> always the fear of failure. Yeah. The yeah. Fear of like, does anybody else want to want me? it's tough man it's i really can't even cool. imagine it's like you, you see, were the I version the new know. york version of the la version of the actor that goes out and tries to thinking you're going to get a land a job but it takes years and years and there's so many failed actors in la man I mean, dude, it's right. like an unorganized minor leagues it sounds like yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> no benefits <laughs> none exactly at least in the minors it's like that's sort of the difference it's like the minors, you either make it to the minors, you get drafted, yeah. or you don't, right? Like, and you have stats, you know, you have yeah. stats to show for. And if your you're work. good, you're going to get promoted, yeah. right? But with acting, you can be the best player, and you might not ever get drafted. You might not ever get a chance to mm-hmm. to ever do anything because you might have been great, but you never got the lucky the lucky break. The one thing that said. Who's that guy, you know, that you were in that they were like, that guy's interesting. If you never yeah. get a job to get you the agent, it's all this, you know, you can't get an agent yeah. a job. You can't get a job without an agent. So <clears throat> I feel like that that's one of the reasons that acting is so damn hard to do because, and now it's even harder for kids. Like I feel to try to move to New York city mm-hmm. and afford no, that. Cost of like, living there or LA, Jesus <laughs> Christ, man. <laughs> 
And, yeah. I guess the only good thing is there's so many places now to act as far as so many shows on television yeah. picked up on, on whether it's Netflix or Hulu or Prime and they're they're scripting so many more shows than they used to. 100%. And and also now that I'm in my 50s there's less cats doing it that are right. my age. You know, yeah. they, you got to be able to stick that out. You got to stick it out. And yeah. once you, once you get to fifties, you've either done it or you haven't. Like, there's no new guys coming in being like, <laughs> yeah, this hot prospect, thing? <laughs> 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 hot prospect at fifty. <laughs> hey, is that? I know it's changed over the years because obviously everybody used to want to be on the big screen, and that was the ultimate. And the best big screen actors wouldn't even think about doing TV, and that's totally changed. Now the yeah. greatest actors you see them on TV as as yeah. often as you do in the big screen, just about. Yeah, but uh. Is Broadway still Broadway as far as yeah. Broadway? You got to be able to do it. You can't fake it. You can't do 10 takes. You got to be able to. Oh, that's yeah. It. You, you got to, not only you got to do it, you got to be it. You have to, I've done enough theater to, I've never been on Broadway. Uh, it, it seems like as soon as I sort of had enough cachet that I could do Broadway, yeah. uh, not having come up through the Broadway world, as soon as I had that, enough of that cachet, I just, happened to be working enough where I wouldn't be able to go do a show, you know, like yeah. house of cards. That was almost, almost a decade of, of yeah. you know, it was only six seasons, I think, but it took the better part of nine years, I think. To, yeah. To do it. You were um, able to skip Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to do it. Like I can't wait. Yeah. It's just been finding the right show. Now, now once I was able to do it, now it's like, okay, well, we're going to do it. That yeah. is a goal of ours. It's just the right show, the right, the right character. I, um, I, yeah. That's a different, it's a different sport. Definitely. I'd never understood the allure of Broadway. I'm like, Oh, what can be so great about Broadway? You hear about Broadway, Broadway. And I went to a show finally, this is probably like 15 years ago. I went to a show and it was a Christopher Walken show. I forget the name of it. And I'm sitting like pretty good seats. I got them at the last minute, just went by myself and sat and, 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 and watched. And I'm like, holy shit, this is totally different. Then it was so crazy to see a great actor like Christopher Walken doing this live right in front of you. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can't really because you're used to like you think of plays like when you're in school and stuff. And this is just totally yeah. different. Yeah. And it's mean, ornate theater, you know, it's just beautiful. And then, you, and then you see something like Hamilton and you're just like. You yeah. being a music fan that you are, I'm not a big musical guy, but that when the music is badass, like right, like, yeah, right. you know, I'll, I'll 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 sit through Wicked with my daughter, but I want to see Hamilton, right, right. Just, <laughs> that is man, and you feel it in your bones when you see that show. You feel that you feel them on stage inside of you. It's incredible, man. So you worked, you've worked with some of, I was just looking through the, I, I, a couple of shows I did, I forgot that you were on. Then I was like, yeah, that's right. And I, um, you worked with some of my favorite, my favorite shows and the most intense, my favorite actors. And one that stood out was The Shield with Michael Chiklis. God, I love that show when it came out. I'm like, this show is so different than anything on TV. Yeah. But, but that whole cast was amazing. And good dudes, man. Like that was yeah. a fun, that was a fun uh, show to go do. You know, you what a cool a, show that sh the characters it's a, it's a good way when you're uh, an up and coming actor and you go do one of those, you get paid when you do it. And then you get paid that whole salary again, the next time it airs. And then wow. the next time it airs, you get half your salary and then it cuts down and dwindles down to. Uh, wow. Then. I didn't realize you got the full salary when it aired again. Yep. 
Yeah. So um, that that's how that's a great way to make a living. And, and the shield, I remember I was in L.A. for for pilot season and my agent was like, uh, there's this guest star role. You want to go check it out? And this is, you know, anytime you're a guest star, you're creepy, especially on a on a procedural show like that. You're going to yeah. be a creeper who's doing something. after. Right. <laughs> <laughs> my guy did something in an alley by himself. It was really yeah. weird. There was a lot of stuff done in alleys on that show. Yeah. <laughs> you had those characters, Vic Mackey, Shane Vendrell, yeah. Curtis Lemansky, and Ronnie Gardaki. I can remember all those characters. That's how good. And I think that's a, a sign of how good and fleshed out they all were. They were all yeah. individual, well-written, really good acting. Yeah. That was Great character. Some of the turns in that show, you're like, holy shit, did that just happen? Yeah. And, and that was, you know, that was regular TV too, right? That was, those FX. Yeah. FX? yeah, it was like FX. It was like when so those were, were like kind of pushing the envelope. Yeah. Yeah. They get away with some cussing and some nudity and drugs. But but FX sort of really paved the way for everything that we see now. Like that's, yeah. now we're like, you know, uh, with, with the streaming services, you can do oh, anything, yeah. anything. And I think that, Going back to what you were saying about the the actors coming over from the from the big screen and the small screen and, and by, there's no nobody right. cares. They want to work with the best writers, the best directors. Yeah. Like, doesn't yeah. matter where it is, you know. I uh speaking of uh Shane Vendrell, Walter Goggins, another Atlanta guy. Yes, he is. Yes. Another suburban Atlanta guy. And he's yeah. a great actor, man. Yeah, he's 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 done really well with that. Um, he really, you know, I don't know whether like when I was in college, they they, I had a little bit of a a draw, and they there she would always my professor would always make me repeat myself, repeat myself. Walter's just like fuck it, I'm I'm gonna just keep talking like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he does so many different characters. You're Made like a great career of it. Justified, I thought just his character on Justified. Yeah. Yeah, that was off the charts, man. That he's running great. thing. He always, he's always Boyd Crowder characters, right? Like he's just, I, I like him. Big fan of him. Yeah, yeah, I like him too. Um, what do you do? You consider yourself a character actor on uh, in movies, but then more you became more of a lead guy in some some of the shows. You were a lead actor, weren't you? Yeah. Really? I mean, yeah. But or does I, it may even matter? Is there even a distinction? I don't think it does. You know, I mean, you look at what I'm doing on. Jack Ryan. And, yeah, I love Jack, Jack Ryan. Is that, that guy's like, you know, full full on action, and you know, but he's not Jack Ryan, you know. So, so technically, right. you're considered a, everything right. I do is technically considered a character actor because you're not the leading man, pretty much. Right. Um, that 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 baseball movie I did. I don't know if you saw that one, the the gambling one that I did. That if you guys haven't seen it, it's 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 a fun. What's that? What's it called? It's called All Square. It, I, I produced all it and square. starred in it. Got all the House of Cards crew to come do it. But basically, no I'm kidding. The, Where can I'm I a, see it? I'm a. I was a pitcher and drafted, and then that you see him later in life, and he's he's a he's a gambler. He took over his dad's bookie business, and uh, and long story short, he has a one night stand. Meets this kid. The woman's gone in the morning, but this 14 year old boy's there, and he's like, "Who are you?" And he's like, "Are you my mom's <laughs> friend?" And I'm like. Anyways, a kid plays Little League and I go to his Little League game and no one's paying me all the debts they owe me from gambling. And I'm a bookie, yeah. so I just steal from their houses and shit. He's just a shady dude. And he meets his kid. <laughs> he goes little the kid's like, Will you come to my game? I'm like, whatever, man. I go to his game and I see a lot of the guys that owe me money. And I'm like, huh. 
So I start taking action in the Little League games in small town Maryland, and it just all hell breaks loose. What's it called? All Square? All Square. I think it's on Hulu. It sounds like my life trajectory right now. Hulu? You you think it's on Hulu? (laughs) 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 That's the Eric O'Flaherty story, All Square. (laughs) I was just thinking yesterday about putting some slot machines in my house. (laughs) You did part two, Eric. You could do the sequel to it, <laughs> Michael. Direct. You can stack your play your own. You play yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's different when you're done. Oh, I gotta watch this, man. Hulu. Yeah, it's Hulu fun. It it's I a little. You did a baseball movie, man. I thought I thought only uh, Costner did the baseball movies. No, you, you know, like what every else? one of them. I'm so pissed about this. Speaking of baseball movies, I read this book. I don't know if y'all read it. One shot at forever. It's Snickers. Mm-hmm. High. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The story of his high school team. Great book. Great, yeah. great book. So yeah. I was one day, you know what it was? Snickers contract was renewed and I was on Twitter and I was like, oh man, are we so fortunate to have this guy for another? Yeah. Thank you, sir. Whatever. Somebody underneath that from the Braves Twitter world was like, oh my God, if you read One Shot of Forever, it would make the best movie. So I yep. read the book and I was like, holy shit, this is a great movie. Yep. So I had my attorney reach out. I was like, I, w- I want to get the rights to this book. and I want to make it a movie because I had produced All Square. And I was like, I, w- I want to make this. Go down the whole road, get talking with the author, back and forth on emails. And it looks like it was going to happen. And then I think, long story short, I think they used me to get a better offer. Oh. They were like, how much is he going to offer? And I was like, whatever minimal amount I can give is what I'm going to give. Like, yeah. God, man, I don't know. Yeah. I just... Let me see if I can do it for a year. I know I can make this movie. Um, but anyways, they sold it to, to another person. Yeah, I heard it was uh, getting made though, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It's a yeah. Oh my god, story. It's so good. Yeah, I love I love that you're a real real Braves fan. You know, appreciating things like the manager, coaching oh. staff. Like you're not just jumping. Oh, he's on serious, the, dude. Yeah, that's not cool. Like, he's been on there since my blog days. That's where I met him. <laughs> oh, really? Right. <laughs> well, blog at, at the Sun Sentinel, yeah. Sun Sentinel, at the AJC. Yeah, 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 man. I just, uh, yeah, no, I, I, and I can appreciate him, you know, and that's why I talk about Eric Young and 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 Washington and, and Walt Weiss and those guys. It's like you, we were talking, Eric, and that that chemistry thing. That, yeah, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you that's about. What makes the team, man? Those guys, like all the players, you can be. It's like we're talking about actors. You can be as great as the next actor, but. If you don't have a support group around you to yep. encourage that, to you know, the one of the one of the the best actors or the actors who are willing to get up there and make a complete ass of yourself and and know that you might fail going yep. for something a little yep. bit further out there. Uh, and that's if you have a support group around you that lets you do that. Well, it's, it's, it's teammates too. You know, like what you were talking about walking down the hallway with your buddies trying to run, do that shot, walking down the hallway. It, what do you think happens to him if you don't go up and calm him down? And it, cause I'd have a catcher come out and tell me like, Hey, make the pitch. Okay. Yeah. And the guy's going to ground out to shortstop. That's what McCann did for me. You know, uh, I was, I was overwhelmed by the big leagues, but he came out and he said, look, if you throw a fastball down the way here, this guy's going to try to pull it. You're going to get a ground ball to shortstop. <laughs> and and I was feeling all those feelings, you know, your, your buddy was feeling. It's like overwhelmed by it, trying to do too much. The bright lights are getting to you. And then you've realized just that one moment of leadership changed the whole trajectory of my career. So, I mean, it, it's it's teammates, too, and, and leadership. Yeah. And, and we talk about that all the time. But it's 
I'm, I was real curious if it was the same for you. Like you could have the all-star cast and all this, and maybe the directors just got a bad vibe or yeah. whatever it is, you know, I mean, the, the chemistry really matters. Yeah, it does. And sometimes you can overcome those, right? whether it's a director or a producer or whatever, you can overcome it with those other a elements. strong group. Right. Um, you know, with, with House of Cards, for instance, you'd have directors come in. Sometimes they just come in and direct one episode out of all the mm-hmm. seasons, one episode. And they're not, they don't want to come in and play House of Cards. They want to come in and put their own little stamp on it. You guys are like, no, we got our thing. We're doing <laughs> what we like, do. This show looks like the way it looks for a reason. Like, right. yeah. We don't have a steady cam. There's no roaming shots. This is you lock it off, you paint the picture, and you and you act in that box, you know. Um, and and but you you have that you have the camera crew. You've got your fellow actors. You've got the other people to sort of help pull you back down to where you should be. And that, I, I love that story about McCann because not only is he not only is he one of my all time favorite uh, Atlanta Braves, but just to hear that him coming out saying that to you and hearing yep. you say it changed the whole trajectory of my career. I mean, that's, and he did that for tons awesome. of guys. Yeah. He did it for a lot of guys. Yeah. Uh, so that, that stuff's cool. I, I'm always interested, you know, what kind of parallels there are and, you know, other careers because a lot of people discount that in baseball. They don't want to believe in chemistry or leadership. And they just think, you know, this guy gets called up. He's going to put up his numbers, no matter what environment you throw him in. But haven't been through it. I know how much of a difference it was for me coming from Seattle, which was a tougher atmosphere on young guys, uh-huh. going to Atlanta, which was yeah, Chipper Jones patting you on the back after a rough game. You know, like what's that do for your confidence? You know, you got wow. Bobby Cox leading you. So like to throw me into that environment, you know, I take my whole career and I'm like, I'm so blessed to have gone to that exact environment at that time. Yeah. You know, what a difference it makes. Sure, sure. I mean oh, that's 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 so cool, man. And and you saw it. Like that's what we were talking about earlier. Like with this team, you saw that this year. Yep. You saw I love what you guys were talking about last it was either this one or one before when you were talking about Snicker and he was sort of going against those yep. numbers. And he just managed from his gut, from yep. his heart, from yep. his life of baseball. Yep. Yep. And that's how managed, he managed, managed Dave Roberts in the NLCS. <laughs> he did. And he it did. worked. Outmanaged Dusty in the World Series. Outmanaged Craig Council, who's a great yeah. manager in yeah. the NLDS. Yep. Yeah. He didn't go with analytics at every turn and pulling a guy. Sometimes he left the I guy in too that. long. Sometimes, you know, but he lives with that. You yeah. Know? And, uh, and I do. There, there is a, there is a place for analytics in baseball, without a doubt. Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. But then there's also, you know, look, guys are figuring out the shift now. It's, it's. it's Next year is going to be different with the shift. Yeah. Because yeah. they're like, all right, fine. Freddie Freeman, perfect example. Right? He's like, two strikes, I'm going to slap it over. <laughs> yeah. like defending this, you know. Um, yeah. And you saw a lot of guys more willing to do that in the postseason. You know, yeah. I think they, they try to put up their numbers in the season. But when it was crunch time, you know, Bellinger slapped the ball to left field. You saw a lot more guys willing yeah. to do that. So it's definitely cat and mouse. I think we're going to have some guys work a little bit more on bat control now that the shifts have become so predominant with every team. Yeah. yeah. I, I think guys will just say, as much as I don't want to change my swing, at least with two strikes or whatever, you're going to see some guys that focus a little bit more on bat control because it's just they're giving you the whole side of the field, the left <laughs> yeah. side of the field. Yeah. Well, I'm I mean, also could, just, why, why are more people not just being like, fine, I'll drop a bunt down? Like, a bunch it's, hard. it's hard. It's, when it's guys hard. It's hard. The stuff that, you, that when guys are throwing 98, yeah. 
98 sink, you know, 101. Or the Dodgers, what, 102 sinkers? Right. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. And sliders, 93 <laughs> mile an hour slider. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. couldn't yeah. button 50. <laughs> with movement. It's guys, guys are throwing 100 with movement. It's not like it used to be, you know? Right, right. It just I'd used say to be what, a lot we, easier. We would, and they used to work on button a lot more. We would bunt every spring training. And, you know, they put it on a machine, and it's in the same spot every time, about right. 70 miles an hour. And you're sitting yeah. there, and it's like, you know, it's not that hard to put them down. We had a, a coach throw to us one day, and he's just spraying it all over the place. I would get if I if I bunted ten balls in spring training, make all the pitchers bunt. I would get nine out of ten down, you know, respectively. Once he started, his arm slot was everywhere. He's just launching it up and in, down and away, and he's throwing. I mean, broken coach, so he's throwing 45, 50 miles an hour. It's not hard, and he's just throwing it everywhere. I couldn't bunt all of a sudden. So, I, you know, I'm I'm in the same boat as you where I'm like, you know, why don't guys take more advantage of it? But I never want to lose, you know, the feel for how tough it would be after bunting off a coach and struggling at yeah. 50 miles an hour trying to bunt 98 and you don't know where it's going to be. But I do yeah. think there needs to be an adjustment, you know, with with hitters in the game, just being more willing to to take those singles. And it, it got to work on all that because I talked to Wash like in the middle of the season when the Braves were still under 500. And it was one day he was pissed about how things were going at one, at one point. Uh, and he was talking about the state of the game in general. And he hates how nobody can bunt anymore because nobody works yeah. on it. You work on it in spring yeah. training. Then you don't work on it hardly at all once his season yeah. starts. So then you can't just ask a guy in the eighth inning of a game four months into the season, okay, lay down a bunt, which you haven't worked on since spring training. Right. So he wants – yeah, he wants to get back to a lot more fundamentals like that being used in the game. That's good because I feel like, you know, next year, they're, my gut says they're going to start with the shift. And I think those, it'll still be implemented, but I feel like they're, it, it really played out in, the, in, 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 the, in all the series there at the end where you were just like, they're onto it, man. They can, yeah. they can beat the ship by going, you know, they can, they can do it. And it, people are getting better at it. So, It'll take a little while next season, but I feel like people are going to, I don't know, that's just my gut. I'm You're talking a, about that chemistry in the cast and large cast, and I'm thinking of the Sopranos, for instance. They had the same guys year after year and girls, yep, women, yep. and the cast was so good and familiar to everybody, and it seemed like it just blended, like a great team blends, Yeah, you know? And the same director, I think, for the... Well, David Chase wrote the... Right, uh, right. You had different, different directors, but David Chase was the, you know, right. like... Fincher did our it was first his vision, and then he oversaw it from afar. Chase yeah. stayed on that thing like that was it. it. It's funny when you see a, a show like it's so good, and then it starts a new season, and you're like, "This isn't as good this year." And then you find out they changed the showrunner, and I yeah. used not to even know what that was. What is and that? Now I'm like, the showrunner like runs the show, right? Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and a lot of times they're a director, but a lot of okay. times they are just overseeing the hiring of every single aspect of it from directors. Okay. To right. Aspect. So the whole vision of the show can change, even though the cast is the same yeah. and everything. Yeah. House of Cards definitely changed their, their showrunners. Boy, uh, it changed a lot over mm-hmm. the years. It was always Bo Willeman was the guy, but as far as like, you know, you had Fincher for the first two that oversaw everything. And then Bo sort of took it from there Right. Um, and Fincher took a step back as executive producer uh, and just just would weigh in if needed. But your character, so- dude, 
got oh. so intense in that show, man. When you looked at the scripts when a new season, did you like, really? I'm doing this? <laughs> Dude, every like, script, I'd be like, okay, A, killer, I'm not dead. I'm grateful. <laughs> I can keep going with my job. Yeah. Because uh, they killed people on that show. I was just like, I'm dead. Oh, you almost no got killed. <laughs> Do you always have to worry about that? Like, is it? You're always worried in baseball about having that one bad, you know, two, three game stint that just gets you sent down to the minors or, you yeah. you know, you get traded or DFA'd. Are you like that as an actor where you're like, Psh, you know, I don't know if I nailed these last few episodes. They're I might die soon. <laughs> I might get shot. You could even be nailing the episodes and you're just yeah. like, they kill people. They, yeah. it, it's better for ratings when yeah. they kill people, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. So, I thought you were dead that one time, man. Oh yeah, when she took me in the woods, like yeah, yeah, I thought he was yeah. dead. Yeah. Now will they hang that over you? Like, say you get shot a bunch, and they'll be like, you know, if you don't take this much, you're not gonna get resuscitated. Well, there is stories uh, from Sopranos and actors that would go and be like, "Hey man, I'm fan favorite. I need to be paid more money," <laughs> and they're like, "No, you know, you need to be killed." <laughs> <laughs> and they just like kill them all. Oh that's man, great. that's great. No, nah, you're they, dead then, buddy. So when they killed, when they, when they, when she hit me over the head with a rock at the end of season two, I think that was, and left me for dead in the woods, and that was the end of the. That's how it ended for that. Character. I thought you were gone. You saw him laying there, and you're like, he's dead. He was laying there the next morning. <laughs> it happened at night. And yeah, like, he's, he's still alive. <laughs> and the writer said to me, Bo Willeman, he was like. Dude, you're going to be back. Don't worry. But I didn't have meaner a, than ever. You're I didn't have a contract. Back. I didn't have a contract. Yeah. Yet. So I was like, yeah, but like, you know, when are we going to talk about that? You know, and, and it was three months before we started shooting, maybe. And wow. I was like, come on, man. He's like, don't worry. Don't worry. I, we're working it all out, but I think it's going to. And then finally, I got the call and I was like, damn. But because they can change their mind, man, and you're dead. That's it. They could yeah. easily rid you out of that. Yeah. Yeah, the way that ended. So oh, that's like it, trying to make the team at the end of spring training. You're waiting for that call to the manager's office. Sorry. They call you in, and it's like, what are they going to say? <laughs> so that's it, right? The end of spring training, they bring you in, or or before the end, they bring you in, and you either get the the the, the nod that you're going to stay on, or you that's it, you're going down. Yeah, I'd like, oh, you died, buddy. <laughs> you're not, <laughs> you're not, you didn't make it. <laughs> oh, it's got to suck. As long as they didn't write, as long as they didn't kill off Robin Wright's character, I was good, man. I could have oh, watched yeah. that twenty more seasons. <laughs> Jeez, I tell you, man, there, there, she is like her talent, insane. Her beauty, insane. Yes, <laughs> yes, is, and yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely the last. Um, she is also one of the smartest. Like she, she directed more episodes of House of Cards than anybody than any other director. Wow, wow. she never directed when we started. And by the end, she had directed more of them than anybody else. Dude, really to have been a fly on the wall on the during the years that Robin Wright was married to Sean Penn, oh. <laughs> that had to be some intensity in that household. I can't even imagine, man, because she is a very, very strong woman. Like, yeah, I wouldn't. And he is a very intense dude. <laughs> and he is just out of his head. I, I love yeah. him. Great actor. Yeah. But yeah, the story here. I mean, I never. Funny enough, I never heard anything about um, – she's kind of private. Like, she wouldn't talk right. about her life, especially not her past life like that. Man. 
But great. Does one. that suck that uh, you're talking about? Because when the show comes back, you get paid. It's got to suck that when Kevin Spacey did what he did. I mean, your show's not shown anymore. I don't know if it's going to come back at any point, but it's like yeah. it got canceled by culture, basically. Well, we, that was <clears throat> funny enough. It was going to be the last season anyway. Um, but I, where we got robbed as a as people who had dedicated our lives to that show for six years was that, you know, we were we had so we were set to shoot our final thirteen. We had shot the first two with him. Uh huh. We were in production. They shut it down, and then it was like a month or two of like, what's going to happen? I call Robin. Robin and I voiced our concern that we thought we should finish it for the fan base. You know, that was uh -huh. Netflix. First original program. Yeah. Like, can't yeah. leave it that because of what happened. We have to figure out a way to finish it. The unfortunate thing was that they did it with like a quarter of the months that they typically typically would take to write a season. Right. And so they had to rewrite the entire season basically in two or three months uh, uh, without your lead actor. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it was just, yeah. we were doomed on that last season. It was, yeah. Yeah. They had to do it. They had to go ahead and start production in two months because you already had the crew. You had to keep that crew together. So you had to pay them. Yeah. No, they weren't working. <clears throat> so they held everybody and, um, and the actors, you didn't own the actors after it. So they, they, they were like, okay, we'll, we're just going to keep us on hiatus for a couple months. We're going to pick it back up and we'll keep everybody's contracts the same. And they were able to do that. So that's how we were able to finish limp, it. limp to the finish line. Yeah, exactly. Which is unfortunate because it was such a it was such a great show for so long. I love the dude, the character, the dude that had the barbecue restaurant. Man, I love the uh, restaurant. It seemed so real. Rest in peace, man. One of the greatest guys uh, great that I ever worked with, man. And uh, he passed away a couple years ago. One of the just yeah, good man, Reggie. Yeah, yeah. There were some great characters, some great actors on that show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, the other guy I wanted to ask you about. I know we're out of time here. Another guy I want to ask Tom Hardy. Cause it's for, I, I asked you earlier, you didn't answer. Is Jack Ryan coming back? Is that yeah? Done? Yeah, we just we just wrapped last month season three. Awesome. And we're going back this month to season four. So oh, that's great. We never do that. You normally get a year off, but they we went ahead and just shot uh, two seasons pretty much back to back. So for a calendar year, I'll be working. It's uh, it's I'm I'm so excited, man. It's the best. It's I. Flying in Blackhawk, shooting guns. It's funny. It, <laughs> it's cool. Eric, have you watched cool. it? Have you seen that, Jack Ryan? Eric? No. I like so to wait fun, until dude. there's four or five seasons yeah. out and then just yeah. binge it. And the other yeah. one I wanted to ask you about, Tom Hardy, dude. Amazing. Like That guy That guy is off the charts. He he's is, such a great actor. I think he's one of the most talented dudes that age right now. Like, you can't. You yeah. look at him in Peaky Blinders. You look at what he did in Tom Oh, God. Peaky movie, Blinders. Like, Piggy Blinders is probably my favorite show ever. Oh, uh, my, agreed. I keep but, waiting for it to come back. I have to wait so long between seasons. It's just so fun. I love it. I love it. But Tom Blinders, is one of, Tom's one of the coolest dudes that I've ever Really? That's cool. And That's good to know. I had heard going into it, I, they were like, hey, man, just so you know, you know, Major was like, I've heard, I'm, I don't know anything for sure, but I've heard Tom Hardy can be really tough. And, and I was like, all right. And I went and I, we were two weeks in and the two of us just laughing our asses off on set one day. And, and the script supervisor was like, did you guys go to university together? Or did, was it just, <laughs> and I was like, no, we just met, man. It's <laughs> two weeks ago. And, that's cool. You know, that's Where'd you film Taboo? Was. Where was Taboo filmed? 
in the UK. That's what I thought. We he lives on, over there, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not not far from where he lives. We shot that. And uh, that was. God, he's uh, amazing in that show. Oh, uh, so good. And that girl, Una Chaplin, who's actually Charlie Chaplin's granddaughter. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. She, she, the, the girl who played his sister. Yeah. Um, she is nothing like that in real life. She's like this really hippie peacenik goes to <laughs> all over the world, like <laughs> making beads and rugs. And she, yeah. she's, she's wow. out, way out there. And I, I love her to death, but cause she was also in uh, the Comey rule with me. Um, I love that. That was really good. Dude. Yeah. I was cool. I like the Comey rule. Everybody in the Comey rule was really good. Yeah. That was, that was fun. But, yeah. Tom Hardy scared two characters in Taboo and Peaky Blinders. I mean, those are two of the most intense characters that it's like just nonstop intensity. Yeah. And he's miles, just so good. And miles apart. Like, yeah. Characters couldn't be any more. Yeah. That's God, he's, he's so menacing in uh, Peaky Blinders. Oh, oh man. <laughs> well, both of them. He yeah. is, he's just the, yeah. the baddest ass dude alive. Yeah. 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 <laughs> his, his, his one-on-ones with the, uh, with the lead dude in, uh, in Peaky Blinders. Oh, it, the one on one scenes with this two, God, the dialogue was just oh, epic. I love that. It's it's yeah. uh, that's it the same 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 writer, right? That did Taboo, did yeah. as Peaky Blinders, Stephen Knight. Yeah, great shit. Yeah. yeah, you've worked with some serious actors. So grateful, man. I'm just so grateful. Like, how, how tough was it to fit m- movie roles in? And when you were doing those. You because you did so many series with recurring roles. How hard was it to film movies in that oh. schedule? It's funny. House of Cards kind of gave me that. How hard was you know we had we six months on, six months off, and uh huh. Okay. The the sort of the, for whatever you want to call street cred or whatever the House of Cards gave me. I had a right. movie or a limited series like I did Everest one off season. I did Taboo another off season. I did I, just every off season. I, I did something cool. Um, so it, that schedule of being on a series, actually not Jack Ryan, cause that schedule was crazy, but this being on a real, on a regular series, like house of cars, it lends itself to, you know, you're going to be off these six months. Um, so it made it, made it really easy. I, I wanted to ask you how often, you know, cause in baseball, when you get, tr- somebody gets traded or something, nobody ever wants to know, you know, does Pujols really have the bat speed? Everybody talks about, you know, he's great at baseball. The first thing everybody wants to know is, is he cool? You know, so when you're going to work with somebody that, you know, you've admired for a long time or is pretty big in the business, is it, how often are you shocked by their personality and how random is it that some people are humble or or too big for what they're doing? We call it getting big leagued. You know, some guys walk around and just just big, big league the shit out of everyone in the clubhouse and other guys are super cool. Yeah, I think. Other guys are the boys, right? The boys. That's what we call them, yeah. <laughs> for for as many uh, reasons and, and, and whatever that you hear that, you know, oh, my God, I heard that actor's a monster, like Tom Hardy, right? Um, yeah. Most of the time, everybody, I am shocked by how humble and kind and sharing and giving, especially cool. someone older than myself, like Jeff Daniels, just working with him on the Comey Rule. That dude, they say cut. He's great. He'd go in a room, he'd pick up his guitar and he'd just be picking away. Wow. And just talk. You would just, you could ask yeah. him anything about acting. You could ask him anything about life, anything about how and what you did to get here and 
what was your what was your road up like? Like that dude was just endless open book to everybody, uh, not just me, but to everybody. That's awesome. It, you love to see it, man. And it sucks when you don't have somebody who's like that. Who's like they're the yeah. and they just go back to their trailer and you know then they're they're like we're they're, we're ready for you. Then you wait thirty minutes for them to come out of their trailer. Like yep yeah. Yep. Yeah. Me personally, I'm gonna be cool to everybody, but in the back of my mind, I'm like I don't, I don't have time for that shit. I'm I'm here. You know, yeah, I'm getting paid yeah. less than you. Be, cool. be a pro. Yeah. Be yeah. Cool. Like, yeah. You know, but yeah. but I will I, I will say that they're they're few and far between. Those people. Yeah, that's cool. Have you seen, by the way, Jeff Daniels, his part in that show American Rust? I haven't seen that yet. Damn good show, man. And yeah. it's a character. He's not I've never seen him play before. He's this broken down sheriff addicted to pills coming back. And, and he's a big He's kind of not heavy set, but he's big. Love him. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's intense, man. The show is uh, the the woman that played the uh, lead in the uh, the affair on Showtime because it's also on Showtime. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she's she's his love interest in it. Really good. It's a good show. It's like a wow. limited series, like six seven episodes. Yeah, yeah. I want to see that. I I'll watch anything that guy does, man. That's, yeah, he's he, great in it. He's amazing. Uh, I, I was I don't want to put you on the spot, but another one of these guys that's got one of those reputations. What's Russell Crowe like? Because you worked with him, right? I did, but it was very brief. So okay. I didn't really get to know him. I've heard insane stories about Russell. Insane yeah. stories about <laughs> Russell. So, uh, he, he also has a damn good time from what Big I Big personality, isn't he? Big personality. <laughs> strong personality. And you could feel that. Like you could right. you could feel when the dude walked by and it, no matter if he said hey or whatever, you sometimes you just feel that energy from those people. I'm sure it's the same way in, in baseball. You know, you feel that personality yeah. walk into a room, you're like that's strong and that person has to own the room. Like, yeah. so yeah. you give it or you don't, and then you're going to fight. And so it's just like, I'm, I'm always just like, all right, you want to, you want to be the big dog in the room? You be the big dog in the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let, I think let's he's probably the big dog, the, probably yeah. the big dog in any room he's in. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For better that's cool. or worse. That's cool. uh, uh, and just another one. I, I noticed one of your first movies was, uh, and I forgot you were in this too, Man on the Moon. It was so long ago. Oh, yeah, Jim Carrey, man. Yeah, Jim Carrey. You were Andy Kaufman's brother, was that? Yeah, I played his brother in it, and uh, and I met his the, the, his brother, uh, the guy who I played. He he was working at some office building right in Midtown. Wow. Like, of course you can come talk to me because I like to try to, you yeah, know, talk to if it's a person who's still alive. I'd love to try to talk to him. So Andy McCabe, you know, I always try to do it. Um, but he he was very giving and everything, but. Jim Carrey, one of the greatest man. Like just really, we that's cool. We had that scene in Carnegie Hall. Remember when he's he he um a he is it he pretends to have a heart attack or he, or he pretends that someone in the audience has a heart attack. He's like, is there a doctor in the audience? And I yeah. come up with his brother. It was just it was a scene in, in at Carnegie Hall. We filmed in Carnegie Hall, which was amazing in and of itself back in the day when I used to smoke and he was a smoker and they would say cut. And sometimes we'd go out back and just out in the alley there and, and have a cigarette. And sometimes, the, so the first 10 rows of people you see in the audience were all paid extras. Uh -huh. Everybody else behind that, they were like, do you want to come watch a Jim Carrey movie get made? We'll give right. you, we'll give you a sack lunch. That's right. all they got. So uh -huh. Jim, Jim knew that. And he came out and did stand up. He did songs. He did wow. impressions. Like he was, because he knew those people weren't getting paid. And he was just, he was like, I'm going to go 
entertain for a little bit. Hook them up. That's cool. I mean, it was just, it was so cool, man. I was like, I, I feel really fortunate that that was early in my career because it's another one of those things that you learn from a veteran. Yeah. Yeah. You can then pass on to the next generation that's coming up. You know, I don't know that I'll ever get a chance to perform to a bunch of extras in Carnegie Hall, but, <laughs> but that, that, <laughs> yeah. that ability to give knowledge to pass it on yeah. to the next kid, you know? you Man, that movie, you had Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Danny DeVito. <laughs> and one of the funniest guys that I've ever seen live, Pat Oswalt. Oh, I love Pat, man. He's what a so dude. fucking funny, man. God, he's funny. His stand-up act, I saw it in uh in DC at the Kennedy Center. And I was just I was I was howling. It was so funny. Great man. Just a great man. Really he's good. good. He's a pretty good actor, too, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's 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 awesome, man. Like was he about five foot five? Yeah, he's not, he's not, he's not my height. That's and DeVito's about five foot two. <laughs> <laughs> so cool though, man. I'll never forget that. That was one of my first movies, man. I, I, I walked on the, walked on the set and, and there was DeVito and Courtney Love and, and Milos Forman directing. And yeah, I was, like, was going to mention Courtney Love was in it for God's sakes. Oh my God. And I had done, so I told you I did the research, right? And I talked to his brother and I was like, who did you sit with? At the funeral, each scene, I went through it. I was like, what were you doing in this moment? Who do, who were you with? So the funeral, it didn't have me sitting wherever. So I was like, who were you sitting with? And he's like, oh, my God, I actually was with, I forget his wife's name. Uh, but he's like, I held her hand through the whole thing. I comforted her. And that was Corny Love's character. This is my first day. And I've just met DeVito and all these other people. I'm sitting there. So I reach over and I hold her hand during one of the takes. And I comfort her during another and I feel her like kind of, you know, pulling away from me. And I was like, I, and so I reached for her hand again and she pulled it away. And I was like, Hey, I just, you know, I, I talked to uh, uh-huh. Michael and I, this is what he said. I, I was just doing what, what I was. And she's like, yeah. Like, <laughs> he's like, hair, makeup. Can I get my hair I can totally she's believe like, that, man. No, man. She's I can like, totally believe that. I don't care what you what you think you're doing. That's not happening. <laughs> and I was just, like, you know, I was young. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. Today I'd be like, go to the director and be like, hey man, I'm just letting you know. In real life, this is what really happened. You want me to do that? Right. Like, yeah, of course, do that. That's great. Uh, she's like, she's like, no. I'm Courtney Love. I'm not real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like oh, I didn't read any books. I don't know. What oh, that's funny, man. Because. Uh, that one, I was really interested in that one because of, uh, I, I lived in Memphis for a while. And when I lived there, Jerry Lawler was the king of Memphis. He was the biggest athlete in Memphis, yeah. all-star wrestler. Yep. I mean, he like did videos where he'd ride around on a, on a speedboat in the lake with a crown on, the king of Memphis. And he fought like the Sheik and Tony Atlas. Yeah, and the, mid- yeah. the wrestling shows at the Mid-South Coliseum were like huge. Yeah. And the Saturday morning, just like Tony Schiavone did the stuff in Atlanta, the yeah. Saturday morning stuff in Memphis was like, we didn't miss the wrestling shows on Saturday morning. <laughs> and Jerry Lawler was the man. So it. when he did this stuff with Andy Kaufman, I'm like, what the hell's going on? Man, Andy Kaufman, that whole, that whole, man, Jim Carrey would come in whatever – if he was playing Andy Kaufman that day, he was Andy Kaufman all day. If he was playing, oh, I bet. Um, God, that's awesome. What's his name? Tony Clifton, who rubbed the he would yeah. rub the stinky cheese on himself. He would. He drove a convertible <laughs> Cadillac. He stormed off set one day and had his Cadillac parked right. Out. This is a big giant soundstage here. He had parked his car like where you're not supposed to, 
And he got in, he stormed off set as Tony Clark. I, I, I don't want anything to do with you, son of a bitch. Uh-huh. I'm leaving. He gets in the car and literally backs up and then just keeps going like this, banging into the stage until he turns the car all the way around. <laughs> and then he didn't come back. Oh my God, that's awesome. He's so like, in character with each of the three characters he played in that. Yeah. And so when he was Andy Kaufman, he would show yeah. up and, and give out ice cream in an ice cream truck one day. Like he's just a God love him, man. He's a, wow. that's a talented dude. What man. a perfect yeah. guy to play that part. Cause Andy Kaufman was one perfect out perfect. there, dude, man. So out there. Yeah. So brilliant. Yeah. That's cool. Wow. All right. Well, I've kept you so long, man. I've really, we've had you on here for an hour and a half. And yeah, that's <laughs> great. That was I great. Talk, I could talk about this shit forever. This is awesome. Like, yeah, man. And we can, uh, you know, we get the season going. We'll, yeah. yeah. I'll come back on anytime you want. We can talk about, you know, Appreciate uh, it. I hope the I hope the audience was as interested in this stuff as, as Eric and I were. <laughs> They're like, dude, I was listening to a Braves podcast. I don't know what the hell? They're talking about Love's hand. <laughs> I'm sorry if I messed it up. You can just record. No, it. no this is. This are you is, kidding me? This, this is, is great. great. Nothing's this happened yet. When Freddie signs, yeah. we'll have, we'll do a Freddie show. Oh, yeah, know. it's gonna happen. I know it's gonna happen. Oh yeah, it's happening. It has to. Happen. Has to. It should. If it doesn't, it should. I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna eat crow. I, yeah, you are. I keep telling my son, I'm like, they have to. They won the world. Yeah, they have to. Exactly. They What's it to gonna do before. to your son if he doesn't sign back? I, I, I don't Will he cry? To. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because he knows they were. He's gonna go to one of the. My my son does not like the money teams. Like he doesn't like the Yankees or the Dodgers. Yeah. He doesn't like the fact that teams can spend that much more than other teams. Yeah, why? Because I'm on the team that does. Dude, you could. Fun. By the way, you could play the young Snicker in that movie. <laughs> I wanted to play. That'd be cool. Girl yeah. mustache with that hat. Yeah. You're him, man. I did him as Halloween one year. Actually, I did a the mustache. I did you did Snit. That's awesome. Yeah. Durham Bulls manager <laughs> Brian Snicker. <laughs> All right, folks. All right, that's man, it. Hey, pleasure, you guys. Thanks so much for that's having. That's awesome. Me. Yeah, thanks really. for coming on. That was great. All um, right. 755 is real. We probably won't have a good as good a guest for a while, but hey, <laughs> we appreciate you guys. Give us good ratings. Check it. Check you later. 75 is real. We're out.